This is Daniel Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. My wife and I are so passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So our podcast focuses on time-tested principles any parent can learn and apply to give their children a childhood they won't have to recover from, and to prepare them for life as the best version of themselves. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because these have been our fears too. Things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent, or I'm not qualified, or I'm going to mess my kids up. You know, as parents, we will do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for 365 days, you've been invited into our experiment. We're committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies. Every day, every step of the way. So we are continuing our conversation in our my interview with Attila Horvath. He is a, a father of four, engineer, an author who, as you if you listen to the, the previous podcast, you, you already know he's got a lot of very, very profound insights uh, to share. And I, I love... Uh, I love the way that he thinks because not necessarily his conclusions, but he thinks. And there's a there's a, a great deal of depth. There's a great deal of wisdom uh, that I think uh, comes out of that. And, and that's something that only happens through experience. And so we've really been kind of gleaning his mind for uh, just these, these nuggets of, of wisdom that he's experienced in raising four kids. And it's just kind of an, an exciting... Uh, thing to kind of delve into. So we had talked last time about this idea of children being a raw note that's that's sort of being added to the symphony of life. And and I, I love the way that you you kind of walked through that that metaphor. There's so much there. But one of the things you were sharing with me the other day was this story about a father and his son uh, who were riding along, clearly a, a, a time. Uh, gone by uh, that is no more but uh, back when they had horses and carts and he was going on a, a horse and cart with his son in Transylvania and I would love if you just kind of share that story because I think it's really relevant to what we're talking about well the story got, came to me from somebody from Transylvania oh wow. and that area from Transylvania used to be hungry before it was given away uh, divided out after 1920 but it doesn't matter. The point is, here's a guy driving with his son down a road on a cart uh, pulled by a horse. And uh, it's not exactly a fast process. So the son's looking around. And he looks up on the hill and he sees a castle or ruins or something. And uh, he asks the father, Dad, what is that? The father just keeps driving, doesn't say anything. The son looks around, look up, looks up at the castle again. And now they come to the point where it's perpendicular to where they are. He again asks his father, Dad, what is that? And the father doesn't say anything. He just keeps going, keeps going. So now they've passed it. The son turns around and he said, Dad, what is that that's up on the hill? And the son is inquisitive and keeps pestering his father. His father finally says to him, he says, I'm going to let you find out. Mm. And the story is that the best motivation to learn is the motivation that comes from within. Mm. So we were talking about developing a note. 
So how do I develop a note? And that's, this story exemplifies that sometimes as parents, we very much want to give the answers to our kids. Mm. So here it is. This is the answer. And uh, what happens to that information? And this is interesting. The thing that happens with the information given to somebody as an answer doesn't have the same impact that if somebody finds the answer for themselves. And more importantly, if the process of looking for that answer, they've come across failure and they make mistakes, that accentuates their learning so much more than anything we can ever give our children. So you start asking the questions, uh, developing the note, my child's undeveloped note, how do I help? How do I help in that process? Uh, what I just explained is sort of profound, but the question is, how do you do it? Yeah, I, I love that because I think what happens is once you, if somebody just gives you the answer, then you kind of also stop thinking about it. You're no longer exploring sort of the nuances of something. And we just sort of, and of course, that's something that's very convenient to just sort of give the answer rather than allow our children to have the space to sort of draw it out. And of course, if they come to a wrong conclusion or they get off, then they can learn from that mistake. And that's where we can kind of, I think, as you know, it obviously depends on the age of the child, but where we can step in and kind of help frame and interpret that for them so they don't uh, come to a negative conclusion like, oh, I'm terrible or, oh, I suck. or I mean, because we don't want our children to start thinking that. So we have to interpret it somewhat, but it's really their own learning process, right? It is. And the... The place, the elements that make it complicated and complex is that the child isn't with the parent that the parent's the same all the time. The parent is on a, if we look at it, it's a wave. Mm. It has crests, it has down points. Uh, both parents are not at the same point at the same time. So there's a relationship between a mother and a, and a child. Mm -hmm. and there's a relationship with the father and the child. And it's different. Right. And it's different for a good reason. Yeah. Because a different perspective gives the child a better understanding or reframe differently from one to the other. But then in a backdrop, there's this relationship between the father and the mother. And that is a constant check and balance system. Of course, we have society now that has a lot of parents that are separated and that exacerbates the whole situation. We don't want to go there now. Let's just look at the parents. The parents talking to one another have to deal with something. I love this quote by Alvin Tolfer in a book called uh, Re Rediscovering America, Rediscovering Life. I forget the exact name. But it says this. The illiteracy of the future is not someone who does not know how to read or write. It's the person who knows, who knows how to learn unlearn, and relearn. So let's mm. go back to the parents. The parents together have a process. They either think they know or they know they don't know, and they seek for a solution, an immediate solution, where they can help not just themselves but also their child. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it immediately kind of sparked a question in me is, because this is where I feel like I've gotten into the most trouble in life is you don't know what you don't know. 
and so how how you kind of navigate that like if there's something that you know then maybe you need to either relearn it or uh, maybe what where you're at is 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 good but but with the things that you don't know you don't know that's where i think a lot of um parents can start to feel a little bit insecure or a little bit oh my gosh how are we gonna do this kind of a thing you just mentioned a few minutes ago, you don't want the child to get to the point where they're so overwhelmed that if they think they don't know what they're doing or they don't, they don't have the ability or, well, you've just explained the same thing what happens with parents. Mm. That the parents go through this process and we talked earlier uh, when we were talking about the transparency of parents to the child mm. and also transparency to uh, the 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 couples, the spouses, how transparent are they with one another? And you made a real interesting point. The point is, what I try to do, I try to be the same person in my house that I am in, so in social settings, and my child sees that I'm the same person. Yeah. And so many people are chameleons, and they transport. Now think about this. You have a parent who is a chameleon. The child is looking at the parent and going, what does that tell me? It's important to be authentic because the authenticity of the individual, the parent, if it's a father or mother, both of them are transparent. Both of them are authentic. They're not changing things. That gives solidity. That gives confidence to the child to know who these people are, even though they screw up once in a while, even though they make mistakes. And the transparency of the mistakes is probably one of the most important elements of trust that you can put into a child. Yeah. It's like when you were talking about you teaching and you uh, you made a mistake. You you your intent was that you were gonna find you made an assumption and an assumption put the burden on the on the children and then you found out it was your mistake. Right. Well exactly. the beautiful point is and you mentioned that when that happened, all of a sudden you were you acknowledged your error, you were transparent about it and you asked for forgiveness. That set a whole stage on what happened for the rest of the year. Mm. Well, the same thing happens with parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when you mentioned that, it, it made me think about how um, when kids are seeing parents that have kind of like the, you know, the public face, the home face, the church face, the work face, whatever. I mean, they're seeing all this. It's also teaching a form of deception to our kids. And it's also teaching them, I think, in an unconscious way, who you are isn't good enough. You have to pretend to be something else or be someone else in order to matter, in order to have significance. And I think that's one of those things that, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about self-esteem and all this kind of thing, but true, legitimate, authentic self-esteem, I think, comes from being comfortable in your own skin, not from figuring out what face you have to portray to the world around you. That is very profound. The profound, the profundity of it is this, is that when, you're, when you teach your child duplicity, that leaves the child in a position of having to make a decision based on information that they do not even have available to them. So it's, it's it's scary for the child because they have to say, who am I? Well, mm. who's my mom? Well, who's my dad? And that 
causes insecurity that gets projected onto them. Now, we're human beings. We all make mistakes. Right. But the point is, if I make a mistake, I can, I can, I can own it. Yes. And I say, you know, I, I made this mistake. I jumped on you or I yelled at you. First of all, I shouldn't be yelling, but I did. So therefore, I asked for your forgiveness. And here, let's laugh about it. Well, I'm not going to laugh because it hurt me. Well, okay, let's talk right. about it. <laughs> the point is, if you don't have a basis on which to even open the conversation, yeah. the conversation, what happens? It doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, it leaves holes in the developmental process. The kid sees that my developing my note is a lot more complicated than I thought it was. Mm. I may not want to do it. I may want to just be a chameleon too. And yeah. If I'm a chameleon, I never get to the point that having that note, that that uniqueness that is in me, get played in the orchestra of humanity. Yeah, and I think I think that's so important. You know, the, the funny thing is, is on one hand, it's very straightforward. We all realize we're going to make mistakes. And our kids also realize we're going to make mistakes. So it doesn't benefit anybody to pretend when mistakes are made. Um, and I think that this isn't necessarily easy, but it is pretty straightforward that owning our mistakes um, takes some pressure off us because it isn't like we have to constantly feel as though we're perfect parents. Uh, we can just sort of go, all right, I'm going to do my best. But I know that in the process of doing my best, I will make mistakes. All I really have to focus on is owning those mistakes when they do happen. And, and that takes also a lot of pressure off, again, creating different faces for different situations. Um, so I think that that's, you know, one of the things that you, you talked about in our, our conversation is this idea of reframing and, and how parents need to reframe things for their kids. And I, I love kind of that the image of that. I was wondering if you could just sort of expand on that a little bit more. Let's talk about a fundamental, a foundational thing that must happen. In my book, The Journey, I talk about how someone becomes unique to accept their uniqueness and to develop that uniqueness or see how there were elements that prevented them from exhibiting and becoming the unique person that they are. Well, every parent has baggage. Mm -hmm. And so I want to deal with this. The fundamental thing here, or not even the fundamental, let's say the foundational aspect is this, that it's easy to hear what we just said. And there's probably people going, yeah, that's easily said than done. And mm -hmm. it is true. Yeah. But the, the important thing to realize is that it can be done. In other words, this is not something that's an impossible element. It isn't something that I, can, I cannot attain. The belief that you can change and that your attitude will allow you to change is really the root of having this take place. If you're fearful because of some reason you're fearful for being exposed, that's the root that has to be dealt with. You have mm, to look at the, the harsh realities of why am I the way I am. Now, the good news is this. Many times, the way you are is not because of what you did. It's something that was done to you. It was either by someone or by association or by uh, projection on you that you have a fear. To go back and understand that, first of all, God, Jesus says, says perfect love casts away all fear. And we talked about this earlier, is that what is really loving one another? 
loving one, one another is to be to look at that person's the benefit of the individual rather than yourself. So when you move outside yourself, something happens. Mm. You know, an enormous thing takes place. And this thing takes place in your spirit and also in your mind. Your focus is no longer on you. I heard one person say once, when I get in front of a group, I get nervous to give a speech. But the nervousness doesn't come from how I'm going to look. Am I going to give the audience the best speech or the best talk that I can give? The focus mm. is on the audience, and that's what focuses my attention and my words to make sure they get the point, not that I look good. Mm. That's Same thing. Really Same good. thing. That's really good. I think a lot of the um, the reframing that happens too is that when we like if we if we make that courageous choice to deal with our stuff like whatever's in there to confront whatever is in there then um, we're really opening the possibility for change within ourselves. And that change within ourself leads to the ability, the capacity to create an environment in which our children can change and grow and develop. And I think that, you know, part of that even just comes in through, um, well, reading is one way of putting it, but more more learning. Like there's this constant, you know, like we, we talk about, you know, every podcast is that, you know, one of the things that motivates us is that, we, we need to always, as parents, be learning and growing because we truly are the ceiling of our children's floor. And the fact that learning is possible is where I put the thumb. That's the mm. emphasis, is that just because you don't see things today the way you need to see them tomorrow, mm. and the need isn't because you have to, is that you want to grow and you want to learn. The reframing is not just reframing a statement or a thought or an, or an uh, experience for somebody else. It's reframing it for yourself too. And I mentioned it earlier. If something happened to you and somebody did something to you, why am I carrying the burden of that person's problem on me all this time? Mm. Reframing it is that no, I didn't do it. They did it to me. I can let it go. It's the freeing aspect of what, how I view a past instant, incident that can affect my thinking today. You can project that to your children, that it isn't you that is molded by the outside. It's you molding yourself, and you can differentiate the two just to be able to understand you can do that is an amazing feat in itself. But it yeah. has to almost happen in you first. You have to see, well, okay, I'm going to look at it from a different point of view. Just the point of view I talked about. What really took place back then? How much of it was my fault? And if, it, if some of it was my fault, I own it. Because if I own it, I can do something about it. Yeah. But I can't do what somebody else did to me. They did it, not me. And now you're free, you're free from that. And now, now you can start resolving some of the issues that are in front of you that were hard to face. Mm -hmm. And the harsh reality is sometimes the best thing to look at because it gives you a step, a springboard into correcting your thinking, and reframing it for yourself. And once you do that, it's easy to point out to somebody else this can be reframed. You gotta look at it mm -hmm. differently. So the whole process 
It's a process of a mental view and there's hope. There's hope there. The hope is that I can change. Mm. And it's not that hard to change. And I have a reason for changing. As a parent, you have a reason for changing so you can give more information to your child to develop his or her note. I want, I'd want. i like the child to change to the point where they can learn and have confidence that that note can be developed, not just by what the parents said or say, but I can do it myself by looking at it from a different point of view. It's a process that is made available to an individual that didn't have that process before. Yeah, I, I love that because I think so much of this is, you know, like I... I one of the things we talk to my daughter about all the time is, you know, we want you to develop the ability to learn how to learn. Like that's the, that's really our number one objective with all of her education. Um, and, and I think that even as, as parents, if we are constantly in that same state of, I want to learn how to learn and, and master this. And, and in one sense, mastery never truly ends, right? We're always striving for more, but but just that little process of demonstrating that our, our kids are going to follow our example far more than they follow our words. So I think that's so powerful because that's exactly what we're, we're trying to create for our kids is, is, is a living, authentic example of doing these things so that they can likewise be equipped to do whatever it is that they were designed to do. Here's a good example of what, what you just said. I want to teach my child how to learn. So what you're doing is you're reframing. So you say learning is fun. Learning is exciting. You now have reframed what learning is away from what they may think learning is mm. as maybe a burden. Right. It is something that has a very positive aspect to it. I didn't see it that way. In other words, I never looked at it that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And our whole purpose is, and I've mentioned this to people, when I talk to people or I speak to a group, one of the best compliments that I can get is someone says, hey, I never looked at it that way. And that's mm -hmm. really where the, the whole theme of this came from, is uh, how can we reframe the things that are taking place that have, that are, obstructing the process of becoming better. Mm. And those things, if we reframe those to view them in a way that is now a stepping stone as opposed to an obstacle, we've really gone someplace and have done somebody a justice. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I just want to say to you guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there you could be giving your, your time and attention to, and you, you chose to listen to ours. We're grateful for that. Definitely check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources, and please click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook, Building an Emotionally Safe Home, is our gift to you. And also remember, we put a link to uh, Attila's book in there. Uh, I highly recommend uh, you just check it out, pick it up. Um, there's a link in the show description for, for his book as well. But remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. And until tomorrow, have a great day.